Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we'll play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Well, hello, Delora. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm here, ready for our next recap. Yes. This was an interesting movie, Ashley. I think this is like literally and figuratively the darkest movie we've done. Hmm, perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, bad hair was dark. There was a lot of darkness to but that. There one. was satire there. Indeed. One, Indeed. This one takes itself a little too serious <laughs> i'm talking about 2022 the batman which is an action slash adventure film that is two hours and 56 minutes <sighs> rated pg-13 this film premiered in theaters march 4th 2022 and became available on streaming April 19th of the same year. Here's a quick summary. Batman ventures into Gotham's city's underworld when a sadistic killer leaves behind a trail of cryptic clues. As the evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator plans become clear, he must forge new relationships, unmask the culprit, and bring justice to abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued the metropolis. This film is starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle or Catwoman, Jeffrey Wright as Lieutenant James Gordon, Colin Farrell as Oz or the Penguin, Paul Dano the Riddler, John Totoro as Carmen Falcone, Andy Serkis as Alfred, and Peter Sarsgaard as District Attorney Gail Coulson. This movie was directed, written, produced by Matt Reeves and writer Peter Craig. Rotten Tomatoes gave this film 85% critics, 87% by the audience, and Google users gave this film 85%. What is your grade? It just dawned on me that Peter Sarsgaard is joining his wife in the Batman universe because Maggie Gyllenhaal was in the Dark Knight. Just 
dawned on me. Yes. <laughs> well, it's Andy being in both DC and Marvel for me. He was in Black Panther. So gotta get these connections. So my grade for the Batman is a B. And my B is because one, the length was a bit much. Too long for me to have enjoyed it in the theater at this point, but from the comfort of home, thankfully I was able to take my bathroom breaks and stick with it. Thank you, HBO Max, uh, for that. But I enjoyed the fact that I got even after multiple iterations of the Batman at this point, and with the fact that Michael Keaton is still my number one, um, still got some new gems like family history that I wasn't aware of because I don't read the comics. And this take of Catwoman still as Selena Kyle before she's really integrated into her Catwoman era. You know, I just really enjoyed some of the history pieces that I got that still made it interesting given the era that we're coming into. So for all those reasons, it is a B for me. What about you? Well, Ashley, it's a B for me as well. (laughs) I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed, to your point, history on the Wayne's family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I also appreciated the like humanization of some characters that we know to be, you know, very elaborate caricatures, like the penguin, just seeing him as like a disfigured man or, um, you know, Selena with the very long nails who still has the stitch suit, kind of an ode to one of my favorite cat women, Michelle Pfeiffer. And just even Batman in his early years and how he's not perfect (laughs) at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Pains. Exactly. It was fun to see that. But to your point, is it extremely long? It's extremely dark. Like, I like to see what's going on. Sometimes. Sometimes. If there's nothing else, I'm going to go ahead and say spoiler alert. Gotham City. The city is in a transitional period because elections are going on specifically for mayor. The movie starts off with us seeing Mayor Mitchell, who's at home looking at his future predecessors debate on who's going to be the next mayor of Gotham. Very notable. There's a framed newspaper clipping that talks about the Mormoni drug bust that I want to highlight because it's going to be very significant to the story. I don't think 10 minutes in, we already get our first killing, actually. <laughs> the mayor is brutally murdered by who I first thought was the Zodiac killer, <laughs> JKLOL. It was the Riddler. So the one thing about this movie that I do enjoy is there's all these mysteries and all these characters, hence why this movie was so freaking long, right? So we have the overarching mystery of why prominent people of Gotham are losing their lives. Mm-hmm. And then we have the mob aspect that we'll get into a little bit later. But what did you think about this initial intro? Like it was extremely dramatic. It really you know, hit the ground running with this mystery. Yeah, I was confused. I had to rewind that first 
murder because I didn't I start off the bat. I wasn't expecting to jump right into it. So I don't think I was fully paying attention. And I was confused because you see somebody looking through the window. I couldn't tell what was happening. It, I ended up realizing, oh, it's a kid in costume kind of playing with his dad. Like I was really confused. So I had to go back and rewind that. And then just the visceral nature of this first killing. I was yes. like, what? is really going on like it seemed like he's taking such pleasure in this what did this man do like it really just set it up for even more suspicion because it was so early and nothing had been established in terms of why this was seemingly so vicious yes and we didn't even see our hero the batman until well after this incident we get in journal entry of Thursday, October 31st. Halloween! Yes, Bruce Wayne has been in his vigilante bag for the last two years, or I should say two years of nights. (laughs) He said that he turned himself into a nocturnal animal. And um, just recently... I love that he was calling it the Gotham Project, too. (laughs) Like He was being so meticulous I think in previous iterations, I never thought that he was this meticulous and detailed with when he was establishing becoming the Batman. I thought he just did it because he had the resources and said, well, someone has to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so to realize he was so like detailed and intentional about things was fascinating to me. Mm, That's a great point. One thing that's also significant about this particular period of time is that the bat signal now exists and one of the quotes that I thought was interesting was he said it's not just a call it's a warning and he said that fear is a tool do you feel like based off of our initial interactions with Batman him beating up the people in the clown face was there fear were they fearful of Batman? Yeah, I think they set it up as such where when you saw different crimes happening and the folks looked up at the sky, they knew that that meant that he was somewhere around and lurking and you just never knew if you were going to be the one to get snatched up or not. So that was interesting. But I was like, so how long in did it take for the bat signal to get established? We're only two years in, six months? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when when did this happen? So again, I loved it, but then I was still like, man, I want to go back to the very, very beginning. So maybe we'll eventually get a movie back at the very, very beginning. Well, we technically got that with, you know, Christian Bale, that is. Yeah, technically, but it almost feels like a different iteration with this one where I feel like this character of Batman is just a little bit different. So I want to know how this one started. That's a great point. And for all our comic lovers or people who want to know where some of the source material came from, the long Halloween is one and Batman Earth One are the comics that, you know, when I was doing my research for this recap, a lot of people found the source material. Yes. Yes. Similarities in terms of how our villains were portrayed even down to um, the plight of the Wayne family, meaning Bruce Wayne's father. Mm. So I think that's worth mentioning. It's worth noting that as Batman surveys the crime with Lieutenant Gordon, he's not really welcomed by the 
the police. My question is, how do you take a man dressed in costume seriously? (laughs) I think you take him seriously when he has, I guess, proven to lieutenant at this point because he's not commissioner gordon yet as we usually have known him um that he's an asset to whatever it is he has going on and that his intentions are to help bring justice to the criminal elements in gotham city and i mean aren't all of them technically wearing costumes Ooh, touche touche <laughs> another marker to identify the point of time we're in is that the murder of Mary Mitchell that same week is 20 years of the Wayne's murder. So this was pivotal too, because in some ways it was like foreshadowing what that murder meant to the city as well as Bruce Wayne. So I just want to highlight that there. And is this the first movie where we've even heard reference that his father had any political ambitions? That's a great point because I believe so. I really do not recall. Me either. We knew that he was a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A wealthy man in general, obviously. But I had no idea that he was running for office. That's a great point. And don't you think that this tie-in to politics is so relevant to the world that we face today? Well, it's to the point where I'm like, were all the comics always preaching the same thing because i mean nothing's new in the sun but goodness gracious the level of corruption Mm -hmm. and just who knows but to me it was going into a little bit of a conspiracy theory situation and we'll get to it where it doesn't matter who's in power because there's only so many people who control it all hello elon who actually has the power. The Batman go see the Penguin. Penguin owns the club where everybody who's anybody goes to, whether you're a politician or the mob boss. He tries to shake some, shake him down. Before I go further into the story, what were your initial thoughts on the Penguin's appearance, especially the transformation of Colin Farrell? Oh, it was epic. He was so unrecognizable. Like, the special effects and costumes teams and all that deserve every award because they did an amazing job. I remember even the director when I did some of my research as well in prep said that by the end of the production, he was so unrecognizable. He he was going to miss the face that he had come to know as Oz when Colin finally made his appearance back in his regular form, like with his regular faces. Like I met Colin was around Colin for a couple of weeks before he went to costume, but Oz, that's the person I became friends with. That's the person I know. That's how good of a prosthetic that was. Like that's freaking amazing that the director became friends with this version of you. Like, I'm just saying it was insane. Unbelievable. He disappeared in that role for me. I didn't even remember I was watching Colin Farrell. I agree. I actually didn't know it was Colin Farrell until I saw the name <laughs> in the credits. And I was like, oh, you know, because I didn't I didn't watch a lot of interviews leading up to when I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. Um, but when I was like, who's that? And I was like, yo, that's so impressive. And obviously he changed his voice and everything. Very, very it was a moment, definitely a moment. So as the Batman was interrogating the penguin, we get a chance to see Selena a waitress come in 
And the thing that I do appreciate about Batman is he's extremely intelligent, extremely observant. And he had the pictures from the crime scene. Well, I was going to say one thing I did love in terms of talking about the fact that he had the pictures of the crime scene, the tech of him having the contacts with the cameras, like Batman has always been very techy, but that was a new one. And that was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And the fact that at the end of his day, he records and stores everything. So I'm saying the meticulousness of this Batman, I really, really enjoyed. Yes. In his observation, he noticed Selena lingering, looking at the pictures of her friend, Annika, as well as those sexy high, knee-high boots. So naturally, he follows her to her home, right? (laughs) Naturally. Naturally. And I do enjoy seeing that she portrays herself as a regular waitress but she gets home transformed into the cat burglar that she is the friend in question is there and you can tell that there's some type of relationship but selena goes to the scene of the crime and tries to get her friends what we later find out her passport (laughs) i have my notes batman meets catwoman did you feel the chemistry not yet I didn't feel it right off the bat. It took a little bit for me to feel it because I think it, we were still so focused on what is really going on, who's trying to, you know, harm her friend and things like that, that I wasn't necessarily focused just yet. I didn't feel the heat just yet. No, I didn't either. I just was curious. But then, you know, we're talking about Zoe Kravitz and she can have chemistry with a paper bag. Um, <laughs> but... He let her go because he obviously knows that she she has the woman in question. So one of the things that I didn't mention, the Riddler and his antics uploaded all the pictures of the mayor with a woman that was not his wife coming out of the Penguins Club. So there's an ugly web that is being created by the, the Riddler when it comes to exposing the politicians. The Batman and Catwoman goes back to her apartment and Annie is gone. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) You know, for many years, I had no idea what he was saying, but he was just simply asking if Annie was okay. Yeah. Um, But she apparently was hit by some criminal because she was not there, Ashley. Trash. The apartment was completely trash. Completely trash. And while they were there, Gotham got to know the Riddler because he released a video to the news, the news station. And he talks about that judgment day is near. And he had the freaking commissioner in his custody getting ready to kill him with rat. He's very sawish. I was just about to ask you, did the Riddler's antics remind you of anything um, in pop culture? Saw, for sure. But I'm glad they didn't get too gory because, you know, Saw got really Same. gory. Yeah. So they kept it to where if a kid was watching it or something, it wouldn't, you know, stay with them in their nightmares. But definitely to put rats in a maze around someone's face is dark. Very dark. And it makes you wonder... What is your motivation? Because I didn't go into detail, but the way the mayor was murdered was extremely violent and cruel and excessive. Cut off and, the man's finger. And then now 
doing all this with the commissioner, it seems like there is an obvious hit list. The Batman goes with Lieutenant Gordon to the morgue to identify the commissioner's body. And the Batman was able to figure out a lot of the Riddler's clues right away. Do you think this showed his intelligence? Like what? I was really struck by that. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on um, Bruce's ability to figure out these riddles so quickly. I think it's supposed to his intelligence, but I think it was also supposed to speak to a connection possibly between them and kind of putting these two personalities together because, you know, Batman has always had unique relationships with the villains that he's come across, particularly obviously Joker. But in this case, I think that was really the point and noted that every crime scene Riddler leaves a note to the Batman. So he clearly wants Batman to figure these things out. Because of what happened to both the mayor and and the commissioner and knowing that something is going on in these clubs the Batman asked Selena to spy for him, especially the club within the club. <laughs> Selena has a very interesting um, interaction with both the DA, who seemed to be very on edge because he somehow knew that he was going to be next. But the entire DA's office was in this mobbed sanction not mob section in this mob funded club doing drugs is there any hope for gotham ashley does not look like it (laughs) does not look like it we have all the high profile folks in the city and everything on drugs drugged out and hanging in a mob club i'm gonna say that the city is pretty corrupt well selena has a very interesting interaction with Falcone who is the big mob boss I have to ask was Batman jealous I mean I couldn't you couldn't catch the vibe of what was going on at first it was like are you hitting on her are you creeping out on her for some reason you just knew there was a connection but I don't even know if it was jealousy so much as suspicion like I think he suspected that She was more involved in things than he thought that she was. So I think it was that, you know, not to say that uh, Batman was asexual in this film, but he wasn't checking for the ladies like Batman has in some previous films. I'm glad that you say that because I feel like with Rob Pattinson's portrayal of Batman, because he was so angsty, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He just seemed really focused on the mission. Yes. And the mission at this point in time, in my opinion, was vengeance, Mm -hmm. right? Obviously, mainly for him. (laughs) But um, he knows all the crime that went on in the city. And therefore, he's like, if somebody's going to do it, it's going to be me. And it's like he's he's working through his childhood trauma still yeah like he he's still working through being that little boy that's why he gravitated such to the mayor's son and the fact that the mayor's son is the one who discovered his father it's like because he's so young still they really made that a point of focus that's a great point and he is so engaged in this project that anything 
for himself is just simply by the wayside. I mean, the man wears glasses during the day because he's up all night. (laughs) He doesn't even get a freaking haircut. You know what I mean? Listen, if Vicki Vale had come walking down the street, he would not have looked at her twice. Shout out to my girl, Kim Basinger. Loved Vicki Vale. Absolutely. The day has come for the mayor's funeral. If you were to ask me why so many prominent people show up is we know a lot of these politicians are falling off like flies. Like that is something I just did not understand. And guess what? The Riddler did not disappoint because, you know, who was up next? The DA with a freaking bomb around his neck. Thank God Selena did not get into that car. Ooh. So fun fact, because this movie takes from the long Halloween, there are also Halloween movie nuggets throughout this film. And one of them is the DA going into the car and not knowing that the Riddler was behind him. This is something that happens in the Halloween movie where I believe the neighbor gets into the car and Mike Myers is behind her and, you know, kills her. But <laughs> It's not funny. I'm laughing just because you're like, you know, yeah, we know. <laughs> and there's another time, and I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up. Even with how the Batman paces himself going after the quote unquote bad guys, It's that steady walk. He's not really in any type of hurry, Mm -hmm. specifically after that epic car chase with Penguin Mm -hmm. and how he just steadily walks up to that car and, you know, obviously terrifies the Penguin. Those are all Halloween little nuggets, Easter eggs, so to speak. Ashley, the DA is not singing. He said that I know who the red is, but I, I'm dead either way. So sorry about your luck. And then the bomb explodes and the Batman was right there. What is this suit made out of? Because how was he (laughs) completely unaffected by something that dynamic? I have no idea, but I tell you what, all those people who stuck around in that building when the car crashed in and everybody saw he had the bomber on his neck, it would have not taken the cop saying, clear it for me to have run like that would have been a moment that I would have been down the block and around the corner. Like, I don't know what y'all were waiting for. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But I appreciated that the DA as corrupt as he was, at least I guess cared about his family enough to say, Hey, if I tell you what I really know, then my family's in danger. At least this way, it's just me going out. I appreciated that. I guess girl. Exactly, because otherwise he wouldn't he wouldn't shit. So that's what I'm saying. I appreciate at least he protected his family <laughs> at the end of his days. Oh man, knowing good and well he's about to try to take Selena's whole thing home. But okay, there's no morals in Gotham. It's Gotham is such a weird place. I swear. I wonder if New Yorkers ever feel some type of way about the depiction of Gotham City because it's, it's supposed to be New one York. For one, it's absolutely Listen, one for one. I mean, the name of their stadium is called The Garden. So <laughs> Exactly. And That's what I'm saying. The New Yorkers, do y'all uniforms? ever feel some type of way? 
the cops uniforms look exactly like you know nypd blue (laughs) you know the batman is unconscious and he makes his way to the police station and no one took off his mask which is beyond something that i really cannot comprehend but they are all upset at him because they felt like he interfered with an investigation gordon however still trusts the batman over his own colleagues because at this point we know that there are some dirty cops working at the mob club this part is notable because it it talks to his inexperience so he manages to escape by jumping off a freaking building and then he decides to deploy the parachute way too soon and (laughs) crashes to the ground yes I appreciated these human moments because he was even scared. Like when he was up there and he saw how he was, it was like, oh, and we never, <laughs> ever in any other iteration of Batman that I could recall ever seen him show that type of fear about anything. So still supposed to show those early days and how he kind of had to push through all because Batman is a human being. Batman the is not of the day does not have superpowers. His superpower is being a a white male. <laughs> <laughs> rich. A rich, rich <laughs> white man. Because he's able to go in and out of these glamorous parties, which we don't get much of in this film, um, without being questioned. Nobody questions him. What? He's Bruce Wayne, the prince of the city, as Falcone called him. Well, things are heating up in the investigation because they were able to locate a warehouse where all the drugs seem to be you know produced or distributed and the penguin and his people were there selena shows up out of nowhere stealing money time out is owed to her we find out that annie is no longer with us which is really sad because she went missing and this is the first time we've seen her since she she's been gone there's this epic car chase which again started off with him um revving up his car and it going nowhere (laughs) did you notice that he was just he was just striking up the fear that's his whole point of lurking in the shadows is just create the tension and strike up the fear and also showcase the batmobile because the batmobile always deserves a moment it does it does i appreciated like the blue fire that was like blowing in the air yeah when i did the warner brothers tour that was one of the highlights of seeing the stage with all the different batmobiles wow super impressive super impressive very nice well they were able to corner penguin the biggest clue yet el rata rata which is rat with wings and then it (laughs) it became a spanish lesson because apparently it was el rata or la rata which is bat with wings and it started getting really sticky because the URL address managed to connect the orphanage that the Wayne family patroned. Uh, so it started hitting real close to home to Batman. We make it to the orphanage. We get all the backstory on the Wayne family that I didn't know existed. 
we found out that on his mama's side, they were not perfect. (laughs) They were actually quite insane. His own mother had to be hospitalized. Father's political ambition somehow led to a death of a reporter. But learning of all this, did you believe it right away or did this make sense to you? I definitely believed it. But the biggest thing was that his mother was in Arkham. So Arkham Asylum, all this time where all wow. of the baddies are placed, yes. who are criminally insane, is named after Bruce Wayne's mother's family. Like it definitely all felt like mind yes. blown. Had no idea, but it makes so much sense. Thank you for putting all those pieces together for me because I had never heard that before. Yeah, that was insane. It hit so close to home that one of Riddler's packages made it to his home and Alfred became victim of one of the bombs. Yeah, because he blamed Bruce for his father's actions. Yeah, the sins... Of the father catching up. Will be visited upon the son. Biblical. Very, very. I was surprised that Alfred was able to survive. But I really appreciated the scene in the hospital. Where Alfred was able to really (laughs) iron out some of the wrinkles that Bruce. Or aka Batman was getting for the first time. He mentioned that Falcone was in fact sent by his father to shake up the reporter who was digging into all this history that the Waynes family was able to cover up all these years. Because obviously when you go into, into the political world, everything comes out and is air dried. Okay. <laughs> like Man. there is no stone unturned, but he mentioned that Falcone took the extra step because he wanted his father to be indebted to him. Ultimately, Bruce asked the question everyone was wondering, was it Falcone that set up the thug that killed his family? And Alfred, in so many words, said, no, he's not able to confirm that. He regrets not being able to do so. And I bring all this up to say, At this point, Bruce Wayne was giving me major Antony vibes (laughs) because he tells Alfred that he hasn't felt that type of fear before, that type of panic of losing, potentially losing someone 20 years after losing his parents. Um, What did you think about this scene and all the tea that was being spilled? So I appreciated that for the first time, I felt like Bruce was showing appreciation for Alfred because Again, going back to other iterations of Batman, they always had such a close relationship. And I felt like in this film, there was some antagonism from Bruce towards Alfred when it came to even down to the cufflinks that he allowed him to borrow when Alfred said, hey, you got to keep up appearances. You're a Wayne. And then Bruce says, are you a Wayne? As if, why do you have these cufflinks that have W's on them? And Alfred's like, your father gave these to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like he constantly was making little jabs saying, you're not my father. So it was nice to see that at the end of the day, he may be going through things, but he still appreciates Alfred the way I've always seen him appreciate Alfred in that relationship because Alfred is his surrogate parent and surrogate family. 
And it was also important, I think, for for Bruce to have somebody who did know the family history, because otherwise he could get lost in the sauce of believing what Falcone had just told him when he went to the club. Because if you had nobody else to verify, you could just run with him. He's already so brooding. He's already so dark. It wouldn't be a leap for him to suddenly think, well, I guess my father wasn't the man that I thought he was. Great points. Great points. And speaking of Falcone, because at this point in the movie, he was, his ears must have been hot. Uh, what they say? <laughs> ringing. <laughs> because we also find out that Selena is actually, in fact, his daughter. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Bruce wasn't able to hang out at the hospital long enough with Alfred before getting the bat signal. And it was not Lieutenant Gordon. It was Selena who had Kenzie, who had a recording of Falcone killing Annie. We get this revelation of the fact that Falcone is indeed the rat. The rat to the Maroney case, which built the careers of the now dead politicians from the mayor to the DA to the commissioner. (laughs) to what we were talking about earlier falcone is the one in power and it doesn't matter who's elected by the people because he's the one that's essentially the kingmaker because Mm -hmm. he has dirt on everyone Mm -hmm. and they are able to do all of this through the renewal fund which is an unsupervised fund of the city Part of the reason why the Riddler blamed the Wayne family is because it was created created by them, essentially. So tell me your thoughts on, on this part also. I'm just curious because like all the revelations started happening at once, but there's a lot of fighting, some kissing, and some car chasing in between. <laughs> well, I think to the um, Batman, Catwoman, aka Selena relationship once we get to this point in the film I've realized even previously but it's glaring here that it's the moral divide between Batman and Selena that makes them who they are like I think that Catwoman is a good person but she will toe that moral line in a way that Batman will not Batman does not see any reason just five reason to kill somebody and Mm. Catwoman is like hey listen in the name of vengeance, as you say, in the name of yeah. justice, as you say, these people deserve to die. So I had literally put in my notes, can you murder in the name of justice and still be considered good? Ooh, that's a great point because Selena was ready to throw Kenzie off that ledge. Absolutely. Batman kept telling her, you're no better than your father if you do something like that. I like to think of Catwoman thinking about laws and rules, I think she looks at them more like guidelines, you know? (laughs) Like, she's a cat burglar, but she doesn't pay her bills. Because, why? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I think she has her moral compass. It may not be the moral compass that everybody has, but she has the things that I think she stands on and she stands for. And that's why I say, I think she's not, I think she's a good person in her heart, but I think the divide between them is that Batman is like, no, even if they've done despicable things, we can't kill them. And Catwoman's like, why not? He deserves to die. But as they say, an eye for an eye will make the whole world go blind. So 
Oh, that's a great point. And the Batman obviously is willing to do it the hard and long way. <laughs> then his poor body. His poor I know, body. I know. That's I know. why by the time we get to Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck's like, I'm over this ish. Okay. I've had enough. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm, I'm retiring. He's like, is this <laughs> new day? Same issue. Listen, same I got villain. arthritis. I got tendonitis. I'm tired. He is a human, people. He is only human. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I want to also mention this really quickly. I kind of brought this up previously before. Is like he's willing to sacrifice anything that's like self-pleasuring or anything that would, I wouldn't even say indulgent for himself because he's just sacrificing himself for this project. When she kissed him... It was like he had never had that type of human contact (laughs) outside of being punched and, you know, hit on in a fight. You know what I mean? It was like, ooh, this is something new. I don't understand this. Yeah, that's why I said in this one, it's almost like he's asexual. But you know, another thing I said, because my mom caught a little bit of this with me um, as I was watching the second time. Is Batman one of the only superheroes who never has had that one true love? Do we consider Catwoman to be that for him? Because he's had women like that we've seen in the films, but there's no Mary Jane. There's no Lois Lane. Like, is Batman one of those who never has had comic book people tell me? Is he one of the ones who has never been able to have find the balance the way that some of them have it's so funny i think the batman i keep calling him the batman (laughs) i think he's a free agent i think his only true love is in the form of a villain and that's the joker the joker yeah is his other half but that's not that's not fun there's no fun in that who wants that it's his career right it's you know his true love is gotham city i guess but i mean this it's just an interesting thought because when i think about it like all the other even even wonder woman got to have yes. bay you know what I'm saying? True. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, just something comic book people let me know. It's been a while since I've gone back and watched all of them um, at one time to really look at that. But I thought about that with this one in particular. So speaking of the Catwoman, she is revved up now. She wasn't able to take out K- Kinsey, but she's like, let me go into this club and take care of my father because He's out here killing my friends and he obviously has a gross amount of power in this city and it's not serving anybody but himself. And also when my mother was murdered when I was seven, you let Child Protective Services take me and didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. So you owe me this money and guess what? Because you got my friend killed, you owe me your life. Whoo! Yes. She sees him. And she has her gun out and completely misses. And everything goes black in the club. I'm like, Selena, girl, if you're going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, it brought on my favorite scene in this entire movie in terms of the fighting sequence. When Batman shows up, it's completely dark. And all you see are the bullets 
going towards him in the dark and he's like kicking people's butt that was a very very cool scene did you have any favorite visual moments or fight scenes in this movie I can't say that I had any just absolute standout favorites. I mean, the scene with the car chase with the penguin from the trailers was obviously epic, but that was set to music and, you know, you had everything. So it just made it, you know, Mm -hmm. larger than life. But in general, I did like the stalking nature, to your point, the Mike Myers nature of Batman (laughs) in this, where every time he showed up, he was just such a badass because there was no fear of Mm. what was going to happen. Like, Bruce, you don't know what you're coming into, but you just walk like you just got all day and no bullet can hurt you. God forbid they shoot you in the face because there's still half of that mask that ain't covering that up, part. baby. But and did we know he was wearing eye makeup? Like, I had no idea. Well, I think that was particularly something they did with this particular version because I saw something mm-hmm. about that with them making that choice with Rob Pattinson's Batman. Because, again, he's figuring things out. So I don't think that's the norm. But it added to the brooding, for sure, that this man put on dark eye makeup (laughs) under his mask. (laughs) Let me put on my makeup before I go outside. And Um, that sad boy hair. Oh, my gosh. And because he is only at night, he's extremely pale. I'm like, where's the sun? But the sun is always hiding because it's always raining. Mm -hmm. It's always raining in Gotham. Batman gets a hold of Falcone in so many ways. He confesses to everything. But, I mean, we already knew it at this point. He brings the rat into the light. Falcone is shot and killed. And we find out that the Riddler was only freaking across the street, Ashley. This whole time from the club, from all the, you know, debauchery that was going on with the politicians and the mob affairs, he had a front seat view of everything going on. Were you surprised? I think I was surprised that it was just that easy that no one had kind of thought that this may be the case like you know how Batman thought when he went to the mayor's funeral the Riddler's probably going to be here because most likely he's going to want to savor this or what have you Mm -hmm. no one thought that potentially he was going to be out there given that he's been dropping all these clues to lead to El Rata Alada like that was a little surprising to me, but then again, maybe everybody was just so caught up in the in the events that were transpiring that nobody really gave it as much thought. But that's the only thing that got me was like, so we didn't think that maybe the Riddler was gonna be there to try to take this man out. Okay, not that anybody was sad. I wasn't sad. I was mm-hmm. Selena walking right on top of him, like, mm, guess she got to him first. All the cops go running across the street to find. The Riddler's apartment, which is full of ciphers and codes and pictures of all, all of his victims. We find out that his name was Edward Nashton and he was an accountant. <laughs> like It was just remarkable how ordinary he actually was. Was he ordinary? Because I got to tell you what. When they got to the scene in his apartment and all that, I was like, what terrifies me is this is not far-fetched. 
I no. think very much so it terrifies me when I see depictions like this, because this is the way these guys who commit these crimes in reality, which we've seen grow more and more, how I imagine that they're living. You have too much time on your hands. You're an accountant, but you had, you're a sniper. And you've looked up all these different ways in which to kill and torture people. And you have yeah. all these things in your apartment. Like, it's terrifying. Terrifying to me. We get our confirmation that he was, in fact, in the orphanage. He blames everything on the renewal project. And they even find the murder weapon in Mayor Mitchell's case. Batman is his last target. At this point, the Riddler knows his identity. They get a hold of him because he was only at the freaking cafe and they take him to jail. Batman has his conversation with him where the Riddler tells him that the world didn't care about the kids in the orphanage after your parents died. They only cared about you. If it wasn't for the renewal project, it wouldn't be such a hotbed of corruption. But to what we were speaking to earlier, the Riddler was convinced that they were working together. I put in my notes here. I'm like, but were they? Like, even if Batman didn't know he was doing intentionally, is he still to blame? Like, for the things that happened, the way that the Riddler plan was able to move forward because Batman's presence was there figuring out Mm. all these ciphers and things like that. Mm. it's interesting you say he figured out his identity because he didn't actually batman thought that he had figured out his identity I, I thought he but figured he did it out no what inevitably came out of that conversation with the riddler once he was at i believe it was supposed to be arkham or maybe just prison is that he thought that Bruce Wayne was the only person that they were not able to bring down together got it their relationship their friendship what he thought would had become a friendship and they were cut from the same cloth right was allowing all this stuff to happen but bruce was the only one that got away so it was like a build-up of thinking oh he's figured me out and then to realize oh no wait he thinks we're in cahoots and that bruce was the only target we weren't able to take out I think I was so caught up on when the Batman was at the apartment looking at all the questions of who's his identity, Batman, Bruce. I was like, oh, did he figure it out? But I, you know, he was such a wacko in the jail. I, I probably didn't pick up on all of it because he was screaming. So he was creepy. He, he was intense and terrifying, Ashley. <laughs> And this is only the second version of the Riddler I've ever seen because yes. Jim Carrey playing him back in the day. And he was kind of goofy. Yeah, you know? it was way different. And Jim Carrey has spoken out against kind of against this depiction because he doesn't feel like this is a good way to depict this character, given that it could give people ideas in real life towards violence and things like that. He said, I mean, every actor has a right to do what they want to do, but this would not have been his choice, basically his artistic choice. Well, I alluded to it earlier, but there are strong connections between the Riddler and the Zodiac killer. Everything in terms of wearing the mask, having all the insignias, as you know, with the Zodiac Killer, there was four ciphers that were sent out and only two people figured it out. Even apparently with Alfred, 
figuring out the cipher the first one i guess is a nod to the fact that the first two ciphers were figured out by ordinary people on their kitchen tables Mm. there's that and then there's an actual riddler depiction in one of the batman comics that he was essentially a bomber there is source material for this particular portrayal of riddler yeah, and my thought was because I honestly thought him getting captured was a little anticlimactic for me. And I said I once he was captured, it felt more like he was an outsider in high school than a Batman villain. Like it almost seems like he would be like the unfortunately high school shooter, mass shooter, mm. than like somebody that would come up against in this type of tale. Well, maybe it's supposed to be trying to ground it a little bit more with the way they've depicted it, and then. Obviously, he's younger because Batman is younger. Right. So they're keeping the cash younger. To your point, the Riddler did not figure out Bruce Wayne's identity. However, the Batman did realize that he was missing something major. All of these murders were essentially clues to a bigger reckoning for Gotham. He goes back to the apartment and he finds that... There's this whole plan of the city on the floor that was called a real change. And he got the final video, essentially a cleansing of Gotham, which is an explosion of vans around the city, causing the city to flood. This was such an interesting part of the movie because you're happy that Batman was able to figure out the last plan, but by doing so, he designated the worst disaster of Gotham because wasn't him pulling up that rug designating all the bombs I didn't think so I thought that it was already like pre-timed like he had already pre-timed these vans to explode because that's why the writ there when they were talking was like we were going to watch it together from a safe place so I don't think the Batman's actions created the issue okay but I think that Unfortunately, he was too late, obviously, to stop the triggers from going off. So he had to deal with the ramifications. We head down to the garden, which is the big stadium where the new mayor was essentially taking a victory lap. But that was short lived because of the flooding. This was kind of funny to me because it's like, oh, no, it's flooding. And all of the Riddler's incel friends are coming in to Mm. shoot at people, essentially like shooting fish in a freaking bucket. But he decides to bust through a glass ceiling. I don't know if that was necessarily the best entrance either. Yes, A plus for dramatics, but no for for overall safety. What what did you think about that? I felt like I lost the Riddler's (laughs) sense of purpose once we got here to the end. And that disappointed me a little bit because... I think when he was taking out the various high profile folks who were in power, I got that. But once you killed Falcone, why would you then go after the average citizens of the city? Yes. You just like to me, that was that was an odd choice. I felt like I wish he had been a little more his that his strategy and his ultimate end game made a little bit more sense for me watching because yeah. it felt like just all of a sudden it's just chaos and you just want to create your own little army and kill everybody and why and they all look the same 
Yeah, they all had that little mask he wears and yeah. all that. So, you know, it lost it a little bit for me here in the end. But um, to your point, I'm glad that, um, you know, Batman was able to do what he needed to do with a little help from your resident Catwoman. Cat burglar. Yeah, she saved him. And then he was able to pull out the EpiPen. <laughs> was that adrenaline, by the way? Is that what I, he injected what it- himself with? Well, uh, in my research, there was speculations that it was the same serum that Bane uses to Ooh. for his like super strength. Super, yes, love yeah. that tie-in. Love yeah. that tie-in because it was green too. So yep. yeah, yeah, yep. My final question to you, Ashley, is what is Gotham's disaster budget? Because <laughs> I feel like all the stuff that be going on there, this flood bombs i think in the christian bell version there was the smoke that made everyone hallucinate like what you can't ground this to in too much realism delora it's still <laughs> you can't ask such questions <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness because it, it was doing a lot oh did you think Batman was going to make it when he cut that electrical wire that was, um, of course. Yeah. But I just, he can't die. And then how is he able to swim in water with a whole bulletproof suit and cape? Like that seemed like torture to me. I'm sorry. I was the mayor able to just keep moving when she got whole shot. Nobody wanted to talk about the fact that the mayor got shot by the end of the movie, how she just, uh, you know, making it walking through like everybody else as if nothing has happened. She has a whole wound. But those are the the moments we have to just put our minds, put it in the back of our minds, I guess. As I conclude this recap, the last journal entry that we get is November 6th. So the events that happened in this three hour movie was a span of six freaking days crazy isn't that insanity yes it's crazy indeed and he talks about how gotham is under martial law the national guard is coming the city's underwater but this is what i thought was very important vengeance won't change the past and he felt like he needed to do more he needed to give people hope. So I thought this was an excellent evolution of his Mm -hmm. character, even though he was two years in. I feel like these events helps us get to the Batmans that we have learned to love. So with that being said, what are your final thoughts and which villain would you like to see next? Because Batman, Rob Pattinson, has been greenlit for a second movie. And so who do you want to see? It has to be the Joker. It has to be. It has to be. We got the Joker tease at the end. The Joker is friends trying to friend the Riddler. We got a whole five minute deleted scene that everybody can go back and watch. It has to be the Joker for me. Who else in the Batman DC universe is as pivotal of a villain as the Joker. They're not going to do it because That's you already right. have RIP he. Yep. Jared Leno, they've tried to make that work. It didn't work. He's now Morbius. <laughs> Jack Nicholson They're, was well, freaking phenomenal. Yes. But I just say 
that to say, I don't think the next movie is going to be the Joker. It's just too soon. It's too soon. And it has not worked out. Delora, you say it's too soon, but I'm telling you what, there have been things that have happened sooner. And (laughs) listen, I feel like I don't even get five. I don't even get five years before uh, Spider-Man's were rebooted. Okay. It was a lot going on there for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. That was a lot, but I love me some time. And that's what I'm saying. We've landed on one that everybody agrees. Everybody loves. Good, good, good. I'm not saying that anybody will ever outdo the performances that we've seen so far, but I'm saying you can't tease me with the Joker and me not then expect the Joker to be a prominent, to serve a prominent role within the next film. Otherwise, why would you tease me like this? Who do you think is next? I joked, but these Batman movies take themselves way too seriously sometimes. <laughs> and I think that's what I enjoyed about Marvel movies because I'm like, these are these are comic books. These are superheroes. Where's some of the levity? You know, especially with Thor. They, they got it with the, you know, they tried to do the serious gut situation and we needed Rock, Ragnarok to happen, you know? Yeah, it definitely got really fun. It'd be really nice to see Poison Ivy. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I would love to see her. You were going to say that. And then probably Two-Face because they're they're serious. You know, we can get a serious moment on how he... Um, but we just became... got that depiction of Two-Face. I know, but... How... How many villains are there? I feel like the same three are So that's a great question. If it's not the Joker, give me somebody new. Because I don't feel like I've had a breadth of villains that I'm familiar with. We had, what, Mr. Freeze. We've had Poison Ivy. We've had Bane. We've had the Joker. We've had the Riddler. Am I missing anybody? That's five. The Scarecrow guy. The Scarecrow. Six. That's it. And the penguin. And even in this movie, to see that the penguin wasn't the big bad, it was actually Falcone. That was mm-hmm. interesting. But and for me, the penguin has never point, been that big of a villain. I mean, yeah, that's just me. But to Selena's point, at the end of this movie, there's going to be a power grab now that Falcone is not there. There's a mm-hmm. big boy. So who knows? The penguin can end up being big bad. I can definitely see Colin coming back for a second movie. I wanted to ask you one more thing. You you noticed the similarities between Batman and Riddler, but I just wanted to highlight there was the the mask. They were both spied on people. Ultimately, they were loners. They kept meticulous journals. And then the biggest one of all, they were both orphaned. Mm -hmm. So that was something there uh, to see that portrayed. But yeah, final thoughts for the Batman. Again, besides the length being almost excruciating, I enjoyed it more than I had expected. I thought, as we talked about when we talked about this previously, bringing Zoe in as Selena Kyle reinvigorated Catwoman for me um, because I hadn't been excited by the Anne Hathaway portrayal whatsoever. So I'm glad we got that kind of back on track. And then to get this history, to see kind of this early, early version of him was fun and enjoyable. I just, I'm going to need a lot from a sequel for me to want to keep going down this path. I think, especially if they keep the runtime quite this long, because there's just, you just lose me. My attention span is just not there for this guys. Love you, but it's just not. So those are my final thoughts. Well, thank you, Ashley. My final thoughts are entirely too long, entirely too dark. 
but it was well acted. I enjoyed um, seeing Rob in this role. I was not excited for him originally, uh, just because I'm just like, why? <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I've stopped, I've stopped underestimating the actors because they really, sometimes they just pull out performances that you just would never have expected. Because even Heath Ledger, remember, people were not excited yes. when he was cast as the Joker. Yeah, and he brought something to that character that we had never seen before. Woof. Love Zoe as Catwoman, love Colin as the Penguin. To your point earlier, to get the backstory on his family and even to see his family and not you know the rose colored glasses was something and new to me obviously because I, I have not read the comics only gone of the many many movie iterations where does Rob stack in the canon of Batman for me Michael Keaton being my favorite um, my number two is pretty boy Val Kimmer, you know, Christian Bell are my favorites. I will say that Rob is above George Clooney and above Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck was definitely a why for me too. <laughs> <laughs> Although he was very handsome as Bruce Wayne, I will give him that. Fun ride, looking forward to seeing who, who are going to be our next villains. And I'm not like super excited, but I'm I'm interested enough to see what happens next. So if there's nothing else, Ashley, time for Hidden Gems. All right. My Hidden Gems are almost two on the nose, but I'm taking you into the Marvel Universe versus DC because we've had some Marvel projects that have dropped. The first one being not a Hidden Gem. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Just had to put it out there. Got a chance to watch it was not what I was expecting. I actually found this movie to be quite terrifying. Um, and what? no spoilers because Thank I you. hate a spoiler. Same. But I will say that it surprised me in some ways. And I'm very curious once a big group of people have watched it to be able to really have a conversation and dig into it. Because when I said mm. y'all had to watch a comedy after I left the theater from seeing this, it was dark. It's pretty Is dark. This like Marvel's first horror film or something? Now, see, I to me... <laughs> But you know me, to me, it was very, it had a lot of horror elements to it, but that's me. So Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I would still recommend it if you're a Marvel head, because you have to know how these things connect. You have to see what this, how this came from the other projects and will lead to future, right? But I will say this, you do not need to stay till the end, end credit scene, putting that out there. You do not need to stay. All right. Second hidden gem and final hidden gem for today, Moon Knight, Disney+. Plus. I wasn't sure if I was going to watch this, but for the love of Oscar Isaac, I did. And I will say, even though this series was a bit confusing, I enjoyed it because I knew nothing about this character. (laughs) So I was very engaged and really trying to figure things out. Now, by the end of the series, I was still like, wait, what? So I'm probably going to have to rewatch it to dig in a little bit deeper and maybe Google some things to look up this character. But I thought Oscar Isaac was phenomenal. When is he not phenomenal? I enjoyed the journey. And not gorgeous. 
I enjoyed the journey and I enjoyed, you know, just another character to sink my teeth into that I just, you know, want to learn more about and want to understand how he's going to kind of get into the fold possibly of everything else. So for all those reasons, I still recommend Moon Knight, six episodes, Disney Plus Kids. And those are my hidden gems. What about you, Delora? Really quick with Moonlight. I, um... I think part of the confusion is because there's so many Egyptian gods. So understanding like the roles and mm-hmm. the powers and things like that got kind of tricky. I will say that. But, but um, it's also for those who know, you know, that there's a lot of confusion about what's real and what's not. Yes. So yes. not Thank again, you. no spoilers, but no yes. Spoilers. All right. So I have two this week. The first, speaking of Spider-Man. <laughs> Andrew Garfield is starring in this new miniseries. It's a true crime uh, story based off real events. It's called Under the Banner of Heaven. And essentially it is him being a detective looking into a murder of a woman and her child in a suburb of Salt Lake City where the Mormon faith is very big. And uh, let's just say the assumption is there's some serious religious extremism going on that might be the reason why this young lady died. But it is only three episodes along and it is phenomenal. Like um, it's really well acted. I have a lot of faith in it. I pray that it ends well in terms of um, how they're able to complete the story. But we have Daisy Edgar Jones, who, if you are an OG recapping with Delora and Ashley listener, you would know she was the star of our first recap, Normal People. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal actress. We have Sam Worthington in this, as well as Walt Russell, the fake Captain America. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very intense. But as Ashley and I discussed in the past, when it comes to true crime stuff and murders, I'm all for the cults and the religious <laughs> So this is up me and my husband's alley. So highly recommend that. On a lighter note, my second hidden gem is based on a young YA movie or book and it's the movie called Along the Ride. It's a movie. It's only an hour 46 minutes. Very simple. The drama isn't really that intense but it's about young love, self-discovery and you know family trauma in terms of what it's like uh, for a young person to navigate navigate their romantic life when they're dealing with the separation of their parents so it's a lot of fun it's starring Andy McDowell's in it Dormant Mulroney is in it who I absolutely love from my best friend's wedding Kate Botsworth and there are some newcomers his name is Belmont Camelli and Emma Pesro. they're they're very young they haven't done much before this movie but it got about 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. That, that sounds about right. It's, it's just an easy watch. And that's all I have today, Ashley. Okay, very nice. Well, guys, as always, thank you. Appreciate you sticking around. 
coming back with more. We will be on a little bit of a break again. So we'll be back with a new episode next Thursday. Mark your calendars. And I'm sure if you're rocking with us, you get the alert so you see when new episodes pop up. So we'll be back with headlines and hot topics very soon. Yay! Until next time.